Hi, and welcome to the Online Notification Pod, a podcast produced by Suma. I'm Alex, your host. First of all, I'm very happy that we increase the amount of listeners each week. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or on Suma.se. In this episode, Stellan and Anders is invited to talk about branding, how to build a great brand. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Here we go. Hello, Anders and Stellan. Hello, Alex. Hello, Alexander. How are you today, Anders? I'm very well. Actually, I am in the office today, in Suma's so-called head office. And um, a package arrived with a couple of more microphones from Röde and some more really ugly headsets. Wow. Yeah. And it, and it came spontaneously from someone. Wow. And no, was it a note or? No, nothing that personal, more, more than sort of Suma, attention, Anders Bjorklund and, and so on. It was, oh, yeah. was, was a package from a um, fairly well-known uh, e-commerce company. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, there was a personal note. It said, hope you like them slash Jeff. Okay, so it's more, okay. Wow. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Yes, thank you, Jeff. We need to get those two to Stellan. Or will you use all Anders, or are you going to distribute them? Or I presume that he will send to everyone who needs them, but but perhaps he wants me to distribute them. And of, yeah. of course, I, I can help you with that, Jeff. No problem. They, ha- they have quite a good uh, logistic uh, distribution. Uh, ch- but we can... Without mentioning any names, I, I I expected more of their distribution than than sending it to an empty head office. Yeah. And Stella, you quite uh, quiet today. It's cloudy. And uh, how are you actually doing? Uh, I'm great. Uh, I'm ignoring the weather today. Mm. Yeah. And uh, a couple of episodes ago, you you said that you were about to uh, do some stuff in the garden. How, how did it go? It's uh, in progress. It's going to be first uh, step is going to be finished this weekend. Uh, we're going to put some greenery and stuff. And then uh, probably in like two, three weeks, we're going to get an excavator here to do uh, some stuff. Yeah, I must say that uh, I'm uh, exciting for this episode to start. We uh, It's nice with some soft talk in the beginning. I... Um, you know, actually... you know why, Alexander, right? Because we, we don't know the subjects in advance. So we, <laughs> we try to avoid if you're going to talk about something where we have no idea where, where, how we're going to respond to that. And then we can say, time's out and leave. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to quickly introduce the topic today. It's branding. And I know you both have written articles on suma.se. Uh, and uh, we have a full page about branding, which we will link in the bio of this episode. And uh, today, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start off with asking you, Anders, what is a brand? You you, you can use the nice um, university-like phrasings, but many many years ago, I know we phrased it like that: a brand is everything 
that people right now feels, says, and knows about the brand and you. And the thing with people is that they are always right. And the brand is created in people's hearts and minds. So if you want to summarize that in a very, very easy way, instead of saying that it's a feature and set of distinguish one company to another and blah, blah, then you say brand is a gut feeling very much affected both by long and short term interactions. Okay. And uh, so what is then branding, uh, Stellan? Yeah, well, for me, it's the process of, of creating that gut feeling. So mm. uh, in, in essence, establishing the brand, establishing that feeling in your target audience uh, on how you want to be perceived. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, let's start with like, except Amazon, Tesla, and Apple, which I guessed would be some examples, and maybe um, David Bowie as well. Uh, so, uh, Anders, which brand is the most uh, appealing brand for you, except these uh, four? Then uh, you you were right on on some of the four uh, brands mentioned. So then I. I I come to think about two brands. One Swedish brand named Vesla, not to be mixed with Tesla. And then I would say Geis. Mm. That's exceptionally much brands that appeal to me for different reasons and that give me a really good gut feeling, long-term, short-term at all interactions for different reasons, but very much so. Now I'm very, very excited what is ongoing in Stellan's brain when he can't say Amazon, Apple, and Tesla. I have never heard him talk about any other brands <laughs> but, these, but these three, so I'm excited now. <laughs> um, well, I'm more into sort of the experience of uh, using the product, I would say. So, uh, so of course... Um, you know, watching your favorite favorite football team is uh, is sort of one one aspect. But why I like uh, Apple, for example, is because the experience of using the product is superior to everything else, according to me. It just you know makes you feel more efficient, mm. and and, and uh, sort of it's convenient. Um, and I think from personal experience um, mentioning just a random company I would say Volvo and uh, and by that I mean Volvo cars mm -hmm. um, I think the experience of the product in terms of the quality the uh, safety aspects and always sort of using the latest technology to somehow make you feel well taken care of yeah i think is ex is is excellent and so so yeah so i would mention them mm, that's a good example but he actually broke the rules he started talking about his apple products did you hear yeah. that alexander <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry but i was prepared for that so that's no worries anders could you explain a bit what uh vesla is i i think all the listeners know what the volvo is but what is a vesla Vesla is actually a, a Swedish brand uh, that provides 
electrical driven stuff to um, make you stop commuting and start moving. So, so they have electric kick bikes, electric kick bikes, electric mopeds, but they actually still on the electric kick bikes. They don't have anymore. They have mm -hmm. electric mopeds and, and they have the so-called Vesla bike, which is mm -hmm. a electrical bike. And you once explained for me how you, the first time you bought something, I think you, you found it on Instagram. Could you just explain that uh, customer journey you had? I, I don't remember it. Can you help me? I thought you were on your way down to your weekend house. Um, before, down in Halmstad, you said that you, you found Vesla on Instagram and you clicked... Uh, on the product, you came to their website and you just um, you got so um, intrigued. You 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 bought a a moped. But yes, that's um, now I remember. Thanks yeah. for telling me um, exactly like that. And I mean, the price in in euros was like two thousand or two thousand five hundred euro. I don't don't remember, but. Um, very few things in my life where I never heard of a brand, interact with a brand, get order response, and actually purchase a product in, in that short time. And, and all my interactions um, over, over the years with Vesla have been fantastic. They, um, they are very, very present and they are very, very helpful. And when there has been problems with their products, they have solved, solved it immediately in a very, very nice ways. And it's a cool product because very few people that I know have it, which is important for me that I don't have exactly the same products as everyone else. Yeah. So we have a kick bike and um, we have a uh, moped. So uh, Stellan, could you briefly uh, explain the steps how to create a strong brand what do you need to have in place i think for for me uh, the starting point is uh, is under promising and over delivering you know if you if you push a product the product has to more than live up to the expectations that you build in your communication around the brand um, uh, and that is uh, that is critical so if you if you promise too much and can't deliver on that promise then you sort of in in i would say if it happens it's really bad but it could also be actually a way of uh, reaching out to more people than you would have if everything would have run smoothly and i think under uh, vesla example is is one where that fits in as well uh, i think they had to do a recall of, of all the scooters at one point and then actually like either they replaced some of them or they just gave the money back they gave to, the money to, back yeah so, so I think you have to be prepared to do that in the very beginning. I also know in in uh, in the US back back in the like 90s, I think when Lexus launched as a brand, they they basically sent people out to do repairs uh, for people at their homes, just because they wanted to prove that that it was uh, sort of a, a superior customer experience compared to what people were used to with with sort of other premium brands. Um, and then people didn't expect it. So they were like, wow, did you know they, they came home and fixed my car? So um, I think that's what you, what you really have to do. 
Um, and I think there are still people who can sort of learn from that. I know there are some new brands have had some problems recently with, with cars being bricked on the road and so on. And basically the message is you have to take the car to a repair shop and get it upgraded mm. uh, versus actually, you know, it's, it's an investment in the brand to actually take the cost and do it conveniently for your audience. So, uh, so it's um, number one thing I think is is over delivering. And Anders, what would you fill in in the list of how to create a strong brand? I always agree with whatever Stellan says, and I I would add something like in, instead of sort of based on the question how do you create a a strong brand you can sort of look at the different phases with how how you need to think about the target audience and so forth that that's another episode of this or that you read the pillar page of suma i i would say be honest be bold and that's my two advices that's how you build a strong brand i i won't say a third one then i lose some uh, mailish listeners i'll say two things (laughs) <laughs> be honest and be bold. So be honest, be bold, and over-delivering. That's a summary of your mutually list. At, at the same time, because Stellan is right, under-promise and over-deliver, but, but I would say, let's say I've, I've been reading a couple of hundred of brand strategies where people always tend to want to write, we're going to not only fulfill customers' expectations we're gonna sort of overwhelm them i I think that's rubbish because most brands in the world have a huge problem to even be close to fulfilling customers expectations so i'm not saying that to sort of argue with what stellan said because i really like that but but i i send the advice to everyone you have a lot to do to fulfill your customers expectations all of you, except you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think part of that is also setting the actual expectation. Yes. And, and many brands are, aren't very good at that. So then you measure against your own expectation. And yeah. the brand has no idea what that is. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, that is also super important. So how, how do you align uh, all employees uh, into working accordingly to how you want to be perceived as a brand. Generally speaking, whether you're an old brand or a new brand, when you sort of decide things around the brand in a a very squared way, you actually do create what what you want to be, what, what you want the brand to be perceived as, that you create on the inside. The key is, and and the challenge for for most companies, whether they are startups or 110 old, doesn't matter. How the hell do you think from the outside when you describe something from the inside? That's number two. And and then I think, in addition to putting big signs on the wall and and doing other things, live by it. If, If you have a vision, act according to that sort of wished for desired future state if you have a mission that tells what your task is live by it and when you analyze whether it's internal relations external relations internal quality external quality then you must map it to both the vision and the mission and some other things but if you want to make it really really easy 
then you map it to the vision and the mission. Whatever you do in every meeting. So, so if you and I and, and Stellan have a meeting and I have a suggestion and then you say, hey, how do we align that with our task in Suma or in Apple or wherever we work? Do, do we align what we do and the ideas that we have with the vision and the mission? That, but it comes from the inside and the inside needs to live it and it needs to be understandable from the outside. Yeah, and you need to have policies that align with this, so whether it's remuneration or something else. Um, I know um, uh, from from reading about Sappos, uh, mm. I don't have any actual experience about you know purchasing from them, but but their whole sort of how they built their culture and actually you know toured. Um, actually, back in, back in my old job, we had plans to go there actually to do the tour of of Sappos. But that they actually, after X amount of time, they actually had this um, offer to new employees to say, you know, we pay you something like, I don't remember, $10,000 or you can stay. Uh, and, and sort of that was their way of saying, you know, we, we want to have this match where our culture and our brands match what employees think are so interesting and so fun that they say no to shitloads of money to stay. Yeah. And then, then when it comes to branding, I think not in this case, I don't, I don't know anything about Sappos, but I know that they are usually referred to in cases like this. But, but what I can say is that for me, it's a huge difference between what I said, which is a gut feeling, a brand, and brands and companies that are good at PR saying we don't work ever work on Fridays and we don't do this and we don't do that. And it's a fantastic place. In, in many cases, when, when I've been under the skin of companies like that, that's called PR. That's not branding. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think the, what we will see more of going forward is where sort of the actual you know, the, the, the product and the company in a way is the brand. I don't know how to sort of describe it better, but you have, uh, you have uh, like Tom's Shoes, for example, uh, and you have other companies that do spectacles and stuff like that, where it's essentially, you know, for every two pair we sell, we give away one pair to charity. And it's sort of built in in the business model to be something more than just a pair of shoes or a pair of spectacles or a blanket or whatever it is. So uh, you mentioned uh, startups versus 110 years old company centers. And um, how hard is it for a 110 year company to adapt to what their customers are uh, perce like perceived a brand? Like how, how can you de develop or rebrand your how do you have any good examples of, of uh, a company that has done so successfully and not, not spontaneously if you match it to 110 years old, but I mean, all, all companies, whether they want or not, uh, their brand changes over time. Their brands change over time. Whether you want or not, the gut, gut feeling among, among both internals and externals change over time. So, so a deliberate change for a 110-year-old company that made a rebranding? No, I don't have a good example, but I, I think the, it, it's important to understand that it happens all the time, whether you do it deliberately or not. It happens while people listen to this pod. 
Some may think uh, they don't talk real branding. Some others think, ah, oh, it's this is a fun episode, and so on. That that's how a brand works, all the time. It it happens when when you sit at the kitchen table at home, Alexander, talking to your spouse, and so on and so on. That that's the thing with branding. Some things you, you can affect, some things you can be aware about. But I, I don't have a good straight answer. Perhaps you have, Stellan. I know from the auto industry, it's it's a constant uh, challenge to keep yourself in a bracket where the people buying cars are. So some brands uh, mm -hmm. I know have struggled. So like uh, like I think Mercedes-Benz struggled, you know, 15, 20 years ago with having an audience that was simply getting 60 plus. Uh, and so if you were 30 and could afford one, you wouldn't buy it because your grandfather was driving one. And sort of they had to make a rebrand in a way to reach a younger audience again, to widen sort of the customer base. Um, and I think they, I don't know any sort of details of how they did it, but of course I've, I've followed a lot of racing, for example, over the years. So I know they you know, invested huge amounts of money in Formula One, for example, and have done it really, really successfully. GT racing and stuff like that. And I, I think that's sort of what you normally turn to. You have to go somewhere where the audience you want is. <laughs> so uh, uh, if we take uh, Red Bull, it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of a young brand, so it's not a rebranding story, but it's a good example of just going where the audience is. So go to all the extreme sports in the world, you will find your audience there. <laughs> and at the same time, as soon as we move to examples of, uh, like this, then, then we're on the track of, okay, so what's the brand positioning the brand is looking for? What's, what's the brand positioning statement and how do they do that? Yeah. And so on. Now, that's the next episode, Alexander. Yeah, and that's, that's perfect. And uh, before we end, could you just share one tips for, um, for listeners who um, think about branding? Could we start with you, Anders? Create it on the inside. Think from the outside. Live by it. Excellent. And Stella? Ooh, that was a good one. I don't think I can sort of top that. Um, Say I think something. A very, a very good thing to watch, which is sort of at least partly related to branding, is uh, Steve Jobs' uh, return to Apple uh, and the keynote he made in 1997, if I'm right now. Uh, where he basically talked about the, tra the coming transformation of the brand, starting with the board and, and downwards. And it's uh, it's a, like 25 minutes or something. Um, I think it's really good for anyone looking for to do a transformation, including mm -hmm. the brand. And to mention another famous um, CEO of a company, he said, a brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. And so it is with this episode. Thank you. See you later. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or you can subscribe to it on Zuma.se. Thank you very much and bye-bye.